This is Money Guide with Mary Stirk from Stirk Financial Services. Now, here's Mary Stirk. Welcome to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. And today's topic is retirement advice from actual retired people. With me today, I have Julie Chadwick, financial planner with us at Stirk Financial Services. And Julie and I thought it would be kind of fun to pull together advice from actual retirees instead of just advice from experts who know a lot about retirement. But yet they actually haven't retired. Exactly. So let's talk about some real world experience when it comes to retirement. We've got some great stories to go over and it's really fun to kind of hear some advice from people who've actually retired. Stories maybe like things that they're glad that they did or things that they would change a little bit. Exactly. So what we hear from people is, and and I kind of have to laugh about that because I would say that we're retirement experts in terms of we plan with people all of the time for retirement. But what they say is that most retirement advice has a flaw because it is being given by people who haven't yet retired. (laughs) (laughs) So we really just wanted to go out to people who've already quit that nine to five grind and get their best advice for people on how to actually prepare for retirement. And overwhelmingly, we heard advice that kind of echoed the same theme. So it was kind of interesting. So Making the right financial moves is important, but so is getting ready for it mentally, emotionally, and socially. Right. And a lot of people, when they think of retirement planning and retirement, you know, readiness, the emotional and the social and the mental is something, it's usually the last thing that's talked about, if even at all, with financial planners or financial advisors. Yep, exactly. So one of the best pieces of retirement advice that we heard was this, money matters, but so does your mindset. And so focusing on your mindset when it comes to retirement really is important. So what does that mean? So when you think about retirement, there's a piece of it that we have tended to call emotional readiness. And that kind of encompasses this mental, emotional, social side of everything. And emotional readiness is really focusing in on What do you want your day-to-day life to look and feel like once you actually have retired? Right. A lot of times people say, I just can't wait to retire. I can't wait to quit this job. And then we'll say, okay, what are you going to do in retirement? Yes. And there's a long pause. (laughs) (laughs) Like after the initial honeydew list that's been building for quite some time, you're not quite sure how you're going to fill your days or what projects you're going to attack. Right. A lot of people have always been, you know, have been structured their whole life going to work the eight to five. And now it's total freedom. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times when you're structured like that, it's a little bit hard to adapt to that big of a change. Very true. So when you come to retirement age and you're thinking about that, here are some of the pieces of advice that people have given you. So number one, you can't plan for everything. So there are going to be curveballs. There are going to be things that you didn't expect that comes up. And these are things that you just have to learn how to roll with the punches. But retirement's just like any other phase of life. We can't, we don't know what to expect all the time. Those bumps in the roads are still going to happen in retirement. Right. So from a perspective, and of course, we're looking at it always from the financial perspective, the type of curveballs that you can face in retirement um, from a financial standpoint are going to be things like down markets 
or running out of money or having some type of crisis that all of a sudden takes more money to utilize than what you had expected. Sometimes health issues or chronic issues, something that Mm -hmm. might come up like that. Yep. And there are definitely strategies that you can deploy to prepare for what some of those are. So you can set up your income strategies in a way that down markets have a minimal impact on you. Um, You can make sure that you've done planning and forecasting so that there's a less likely chance that you run out of money. And you can have segregated some money aside to handle emergencies like that when they come up. So there is a balance between wanting to make sure you have enough socked away that you feel confident about retiring and not wanting to spend the rest of your life actually working. (laughs) So you got to build those buffers in. Right, exactly. So, okay. So another piece of advice from retired clients is this. Find ways to stay connected. And, you know, we hear this a lot. So staying active in a field where you are recognized as an expert from a from maybe a previous job standpoint or a consulting standpoint is huge when it comes to retirement, especially in the early years of it. A right. lot of people like to do that. A lot of times, you know, you've made your identity at your job and with the people mm-hmm. that you work with, and then all of a sudden that's gone. That's kind of, you feel like a loss of your identity. Yes. So staying connected somehow in your field often can help that transition into retirement be more of a thriving transition. Um, so one of the people that we talked to said, it's really easy to feel like you've become a nobody (laughs) when you're not contributing to anything on a regular basis. And I thought that was a really interesting statement because I think that speaks definitely to the emotional side of it, but people like to make an impact with the time that they spend doing things. Right. And usually in your jobs, you've got a significant role. You definitely Mm -hmm. make an impact and you think that, once you're gone with that, there's going to be a real void. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times, once you retire, you never hear from those people again or that job. Yes. Now, the job, though, can help you feel a great deal of responsibility, which can create a lot of stress. So one of the nice things about retiring and maybe just doing some consulting or part-time, part-time work in your field is that it does definitely reduce your stress. But another way to actually still feel like you're making an impact is to do some work on boards or nonprofits or volunteer for committees, whether it be at your church or at your community center or wherever it is, whatever your interests are. But being involved really makes the retirement lifestyle something that's much more highly enjoyable. And it's really recommended that you do that before you retire, maybe a couple years before you retire. So you're building those relationships Mm -hmm. instead of once you retire, now you just have to go out and start and meet brand new people. Yes. Now, another thing about this is if you're somebody who is fortunate enough to be able to retire early, you're going to find a void here too. Because what we hear from early retirees is that all of their friends are still working and they don't have anybody to go run around and play with. Right, right. (laughs) So if you're going to retire early, you definitely want to be involved with things during the day that working people might also be involved with. And that's where like boards that meet over the lunch hour or volunteer opportunities during the day really help to create an environment of productivity and feeling good about the impact you're making and how you're spending your time. Okay, so another piece of retirement advice was to find an objective advisor. So, of course, I like that because that speaks to being a fiduciary and making sure that you're working with somebody that always has your interests at the forefront of the conversation. But 
it's not necessarily just a financial advisor that you want to have that's an objective advisor. You really want to have a team. So making sure you have an attorney that you feel comfortable with, making sure you have a CPA who you trust and you feel good about, and having a fiduciary financial planner as the core team for yourself financially in retirement, I think that's a really important thing to have. And is what we strive on and, and we recommend to people is that you want these teams to be working together because all those pieces, every piece of work that each one of them does will affect another position in another way. Right. So making sure that before you pull that retirement trigger, you've got a good team in place that are objective advisors is really a piece of advice coming from people who have retired that I think is a good piece. Right. <laughs> All right. Another thing from the retirees is to get your retirement house in order. And it's kind of tongue in cheek that they say this, but most of the retirees that we've talked to really do recommend trying to have your mortgage paid off before you actually enter into retirement. So the less debt that you can enter into retirement, the less stress it's going to place on your portfolio and it allows you to withdraw less from your retirement accounts and things just tend to last longer that way. Theoretically, it might be a better investment by, you know, return on your money by paying off the mortgage. Right, exactly. It also gives you some flexibility. So if you do decide you want to move or downsize in retirement, then from a financial perspective, it just makes it an awful lot easier to be able to do. Okay, Another piece of retirement advice that we actually heard more than once was this, never retire. <laughs> heard that from more than one, actually. Right. But if you have to retire, maybe due to health or family or uncontrollable job circumstances, again, it was stay active and engaged in the world. So we just repetitively heard that stay connected piece of it. Right. And it's, unless you had something more fulfilling lined up that gives you greater joy and satisfaction than what you're doing now. Why would you why would you want to quit doing that? Exactly. There's a lot of different fields where you can kind of ease out or you can uh, maybe reduce the stress by giving up pieces of your jobs or job share or things like that. But it just was interesting that never retire actually came up quite a bit. More than once. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Another thing that we heard was that the most successful retirees continued to actually set goals for themselves that were meaningful. And I love this one. So I'm a goal setter. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I'm always setting goals. I've got quarterly goals. I've got annual goals. I've got personal ones and business ones. You got to so, push yourself. Yeah. And, and to me, that does push myself because I'm a person that enjoys checking the box that I got something done. And, you know, to me that it, there's a sense of fulfillment that comes with that. But the successful retirees who are continuing to make goals for themselves are doing things that are very personal in nature. So one couple spent their travel time volunteering around the world teaching English to, you know, people who needed that kind of help. I've seen goals set by retirees that are to go see every baseball stadium in the United States. Um, so there are lots of different kinds of goals that people can set for themselves, but the important piece is to have a goal. Have those ideas in mind or think of the hobbies that you want to do. Mm -hmm. A lot of times when people say, I have no hobbies, well, then you better figure something out. <laughs> I am a lover of Broadway musicals. Like I just totally geek out about Broadway musicals and I've seen a lot of them, but there's plenty of them that I haven't seen too. And so I know that that's one of my goals is to see 
a whole list that I've curated of Broadway musicals. And retirement is going to be a really fun time to be able to travel around with that goal in mind. Of course, I got to find somebody that wants to do that with me, I think. (laughs) You got a problem if he wants to go to baseball fields and I want to go to musicals. (laughs) Maybe it's not a problem. We'll do both. (laughs) Might be that compromise, yeah. But the idea is to, in retirement, is to keep learning, keep goals out there, keep educating yourself, find some hobbies and activities to do. Yes, very much so. Welcome back to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. And today we're talking about retirement advice from actual retired people. So we've talked about a few pieces of advice that we've gotten. And I want to read next to you a quote from somebody that kind of does really kind of embed into what we've been talking about so far. And this was from um, an uncle who retired. And what he said was, Don't retire unless you have something lined up that is more fulfilling, something that gives you greater joy and greater satisfaction. If you don't have that lined up, then don't retire. You don't want to get into a rocking chair and you don't want to spend the rest of your life just watching TV. Now, I don't know about you, but a good Netflix binge once in a while sounds like a great idea. But even that's going to get old after a while. I think it would. Even if I take like a week off by the end of the week, I'm kind of like crawling around the house, you know, like a little bit bored and like, what's next? I got to do something. (laughs) Getting a little antsy. So my dad is retired. And when we introduced Netflix to him, we found some shows that we knew he would like. And, oh, he turned it on. He's like, I don't watch TV much, you know. And But we got him into some movies, got him into some army movies. That's what he really enjoyed and liked. And he watched it for like two hours straight. And we said, are you going to take a break or anything? He goes, well, this thing's not over yet. It just keeps going. <laughs> I said, well, it's the series. There's no commercials. So he, he did, though. He did that for a while. And then um, now he's really kind of cut back on it. But he'll go to it every now and then. But Yep. My parents have their shows that they like to watch, too. And it's kind of an evening ritual for him. And they yep. like to do it together. So I think that's great. But that certainly is just kind of like a relaxing piece of it for him, not a centralized piece for him. Yeah, they're not going to all of a sudden become Netflix bingers if they've never done that before. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Another piece of advice that we heard is focus on what you can control. So it's easy to feel really overwhelmed when you're kind of planning for the long term and you're looking at the rest of your life, which has a lot of emotional connotation to it altogether. So there, the messages that we consistently got was that even if you have money and even if you know that your money is set up right, there seems to still be some level of kind of niggling little fear or concern that maybe, just maybe, something could happen where you would run out. So it pushed people to feel like they maybe needed to live below their means and actually still save on a regular basis, even though they were retired. So I thought that was really interesting because from a financial standpoint, we would like to think that once you've set up the retirement distribution strategy, that people are going to go ahead and spend their money. But most people emotionally feel like they don't quite have permission to spend all of their income on a monthly basis, even in retirement. Right. When they've worked their whole life to be savers and to save for retirement, it's really hard to turn that trigger on and say, okay, now you can spend. To flip the switch and spend the money that you've saved all these years is tough. 
or to feel like if you have an extra $100 at the end of the month that you shouldn't just go ahead and throw it back in the savings account instead of spending it because you plan to spend it. (laughs) (laughs) So the thing I want to say is it is okay to spend the money if you have a good distribution strategy in place. But what you do need to do is be paying attention to those emotional cues. You don't need to live like a miser uh, if you've got a good strategy, but just be thinking about why you're saving or spending versus just letting the emotions themselves control you. Now, to that end, focusing on what you can control and having a good strategy, for listeners out there, we're giving away 10 copies of my ebook. So if you want to reach out to us at sterkfinancialservices.com or give us a call, We'd be happy to email you a copy of the ebook for you to read. And it's called Ready to Pull the Retirement Trigger. So this is going to definitely help you focus on creating the right strategies for retirement. Now, it's not advice from a retired person, but it is advice from somebody who spends a lot of time planning for retirement. (laughs) (laughs) It's a great book. It's a really easy read, and it gives you a lot of good tips and advice. Maybe things that if you haven't planned for, you're going to ask about with your financial planner. Exactly. All right, so let's move on into, so prepared for the unexpected. So like we said, a lot of times it's hard for people to spend when they're in that savings mode. And then we go ahead and say, go ahead and spend. You have a plan in place. But they're always maybe in the back of their mind thinking, what if something happens? So recent research from the National Endowment for Financial Education shows that overwhelming majority of workers experience some sort of economic shock during their lives. Shock. That's a big word, right? Like economic shock. Right. So it's a job loss, a health problem, whatever it may be. Those things are going to happen. And they're really going to waylay your plans when they do happen. Right. Especially if it's a health issue. I mean, everything stops and you focus on your health when you've got a health issue. And often that means you have to tap into retirement accounts to deal with things earlier than you expected to. And, And that's the kind of financial setback that we're talking about with the prepare for the unexpected. I don't think you can avoid them. I think there's going to be stumbling blocks, but there are ways to mitigate the damage they can do. And I think that really just speaks to having a strong plan in place. Right. And that's why in your planning portion that you plan for kind of the unexpected, you have those buffers built in. So if something doesn't happen, it's not going to just waylay your whole plan for retirement. Mm -hmm. Yep, exactly. All right. Another thing that we heard fairly frequently was don't forget the personal side of planning. I mean, we can talk dollars and cents all day and anybody can give you graphs and charts and numbers. But the truth is a good retirement strategy is going to be personal and it's going to be customized to you. And the way that it's customized to you is by helping you understand what you want to do and how you want to spend time in a way that you love doing and then aligning your money behind it. Ultimately, the advice that we got from retired people was, you need to figure out how to give your life a sense of purpose and meaning after you have stopped working. Right. As we talked about a little bit earlier in the show, we talked about your identity being your identity from work and what you've done your whole life. Mm-hmm. And then when you go and retire, you've kind of had that loss of identity. Exactly. So some people in retirement think of it more like a life plan versus a retirement plan. And I think that's kind of interesting. One of the ways that we've helped people is by asking them, like, what are the top three feelings that you want to actually cultivate in retirement? Um, and my favorite story with this is that we had um, some a woman who said that she wanted to feel creative, she wanted to feel connected, and she wanted to feel generous. And so when we kind of dove into what that meant to her, 
the connected piece of it meant that she wanted to spend time with her spouse. Now, mind you, it wasn't too much time with him, though. Because that can always be a challenge, too. <laughs> that can be a, a backfire thing sometimes <laughs> for people. But um, she wanted to spend time with her spouse, but she also wanted to feel connected to her grandchildren. And she had grandchildren across the country. She had them in three different spots. And so part of our retirement planning to help her feel connected was making sure she had budgeted money to go visit those grandchildren once a year at each of those three spots. And so that was an important piece of what retirement was going to look and feel like for her. And because of that and because of the way we budgeted for it, it really helped amplify that good feeling in her life. Another thing from the creative standpoint was that she was very artistic. And so we made sure that there was money in her cash flow to be able to buy art supplies and to be able to go see art exhibits and things like that. And then also it was important from a housing perspective that the house that they lived in be big enough to include room for an art studio. So that was part of the planning that we tied the finances to that feeling of creative. And then the last one was generous. And what she wanted from a generosity standpoint was to be able to give back and to help others. So that tied into how she was going to spend her time in terms of volunteering at something that mattered to her. But it also tied into the financial side because she did want to be able to give financially to the things that resonated with her. So connected, creative, and generous as feelings led to how she was going to spend time and how she was going to spend money. And that helped us as planners make sure that we were planning for those things that she wanted to do and budget that into her retirement plan. Exactly. Okay. So we've talked a lot about um, a variety of different things, but the last piece of advice we want to talk about that came from retirees was do all you can do to maintain your health so you can have a better shot at a happy retirement by staying healthy. And retirees who reported they were in good or very good health were so much more likely to feel satisfied with their retirement experience than someone that was in poor or in fair health. And I thought that was fascinating that that health status really kind of made or made or broke their retirement experience. And I think that that speaks to how they are going to interact with everything, relationships, spending patterns, whether or not they feel healthy enough to travel and different things like that. To even get out to do those charitable things or the creative things, yes. you have to have your health with that. So keep that, keeping that in mind at a younger stage is going to plan for the future. Right. So staying as active as you can physically and mentally definitely plays a role in that. And getting regular checkups and having good health care in place for yourself when you retire is definitely something that's important. Okay. So I am going to um, close with just the best advice that we got from someone who is a retiree. And then that will, I think, take us to the end of our show today. But the best advice that came from those in their retirement years was simply this. Live in the moment and appreciate every single day. So thanks for listening to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. Views expressed are not necessarily the opinion of your audio provider and should not be construed directly or indirectly as an offer to buy or sell any securities or services mentioned herein. 
Investing is subject to risks, including loss of principal invested. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. No strategy can assure a profit nor protect against loss. Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should only be relied upon when coordinated with individual professional advice. Securities and investment advisory services are offered through Woodbury Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Insurance offered through Sturt Financial Services, which is not affiliated with Woodbury Financial. Sturt Financial Services is located at 350 Oak Tree Lane, Suite 150, Dakota Dunes, South Dakota 57049, and can be reached at 605-217-3555.